This is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ. Here's Billy Lambert. It is a genuine pleasure to be with you today on Getting to Know Your Bible. We do appreciate those of you who've tuned in to watch today, some of you for the very first time. We want you to stay tuned today as we discuss the question, what really matters? What really matters? And in answering that, we want to discuss all souls matter. Please stay tuned. Now today we continue to offer a free Bible correspondence course. We want you to know more about it and how to receive it. So we're going to pause for just a moment. To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214. I'm going to be reading now from the 16th chapter of Matthew. We're going to begin our reading in verse 24 and read through verse 26. Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul. Every individual that has ever lived, that is now living, or ever will live, is important to God. John chapter 3 and verse 16 makes that so vivid. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. And that simply means that God loves every individual in the world, regardless of who they are, where they are, when they live. God is concerned about that person. I heard someone say once that if you had been the only person who had ever lived on the face of this earth. God would have loved you so much that He still would have given His Son to die for you. You see, God sees everyone the same. Now, human beings are not quite like that. We don't do that. But God sees us all just alike. When Peter came to the house of Cornelius, said, and Peter, remember, was a Jew. Cornelius was a Gentile. And the Jews and the Gentiles did not have any dealings one with another. And, and so this was an unusual happening for a Jew to be in the home of a Gentile. And, and when 
Peter came into his house, Cornelius wanted to fall down before Peter, and Peter said, no, you just stand up, I'm just a man. Don't worship me. And then this is what Peter said, I perceive of a truth that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. So you see, Peter makes it claim, appear very clear that everyone is the same to God. You know, we hear an expression today quite frequently, black lives matter. And then someone wants to counter with white lives matter. And then we hear that police lives matter. I don't know of anyone that should question any one of those statements, especially as it pertains to color. Because you see, all colors matter to God. You see, we are human beings and we see things so different than God. God has a completely different outlook and perspective of the human being. We look at the outside. We look at who they are and what they're doing and the color of their skin. But let me tell you what, how God sees us. Listen to 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Man looks at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. You see, friends, God looks down beneath the skin. God looks down beneath that expensive coat that a person may have on or that expensive dress that a woman may be wearing or uh, he looks down beneath all of the facade that surrounds us. And God is the searcher of our heart. Acts chapter 1 and verse 24. You see, God is looking at our hearts. To put it another way, God is concerned about our soul. All Souls matter. You know, man was created by God, a composite being. In Genesis 2 and 7, the Bible says that God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Man is composed of body and soul. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18, Paul talked about the outward man and the inward man. The outward man is perishing. The inward man is being renewed day by day. So you see, there is an outward man. There is an inward man. Now, what you see of me today is the outward person. But there is an inward man. I am a composite being. You as well are a composite being. And when a person dies, there is that separation of that spirit or soul of man from that outward man called the body. James chapter 2 and verse 24 says, As the body without the spirit is dead. So when the spirit is in the body, man is alive. When it is out of the body, man is dead. We are that composite person. And there is a transition that takes place when we die. 
Solomon explained that in the 12th chapter of Ecclesiastes when he said that man goes to his long home and the mourners go about the streets or they have the silver cord be loosed or the golden bowl be broken or the pitcher be broken at the fountain or the wheel be broken at the cistern. He said, then shall the dust, that is this human body, return to the earth from which it came and the spirit unto God who gave it. So there's this transition that takes place when we die. We leave the body. The Spirit goes into the care and keeping of God who knows and does all things well. And our body is placed into the earth to await the resurrection of the dead. There's that separation. Paul recognized that in Philippians 1.23 when he said, I am in a strait betwixt two. I, I, I'm at a crossroads. I, I really don't know what to do. I've got a decision here. He said, I'm in a strait betwixt two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. So he realized that he would depart from the body. That's exactly correct. In Genesis 35 and 18, speaking of one of the women of the Old Testament, she was one of the matriarchs. It said, while her soul was a departing, for she died. You see, when the soul departs from the body, that's when we die. And the soul continues to live. In Revelation, the sixth chapter, John said, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God and the testimony which they held. What did you see, John? Did you see bodies? No. He said, I saw souls. So there were those disembodied spirits that were still alive. Revelation chapter 6. Man is a composite being. And when we die, the soul of man leaves the body. Now, we need to understand how valuable we really are to God. Have you ever thought about the value that you are to God? How God sees you? Why you really matter? Why your soul matters to God? Your soul is valuable, and that ought to be seen in the way that it began, its origination. Your soul originated with God. Listen to Genesis 2, 7 again, that God formed man of the dust of the ground, breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Think about that. You became a living soul. Another thing that shows the value that God places upon your soul is the fact that your soul is made in the likeness of God. In Genesis chapter 1, the Lord said, let's make man in our image after our likeness. And so in the image of God created he them, male and female created he them. But if we're made in his likeness, what is that? What is God? Well, John 4, 24 says, God is a spirit. They that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. God's a spirit being. And according to Luke chapter 24 and verse 36, a spirit does not, is not composed of flesh and blood and flesh and bones. That is, it's not a fleshly body. You see, God is a spiritual being. And we've been made in the spiritual likeness of God. Another thing I, that suggests the value of our soul and why all souls matter is because of the price that's been paid for the, for the salvation of your soul. You may not believe in God. You may not believe in Jesus. You may not believe the Bible, but I want you to know that your soul is still valuable to God, even though you may not believe in Him. Let me tell you how valuable it is. 
Your soul is so important to God that he was willing to let his son die as a sacrifice or as an atonement for the sins that you have committed. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, where we learn that we are not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold. And the 19th verse says, But by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot, it took a perfect sacrifice to atone for the sins of the world. And the only one that could atone for the sins of the world was the perfect Lamb of God. That's why in John 1, 29 says, Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Paul in 1 Corinthians 6 and 20 said, You're bought with a price. Well, what was that price? The price for which we've been purchased is blood. When Jesus died on the cross, and when He shed that blood on that cross, He bought the church. Listen to Acts chapter 20 and verse 28. Take heed unto yourselves and all the flock over which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. So you see how valuable your soul is? It, it took the blood of Jesus to, to pay the price for the redemption of the soul. And the church is composed of all of those who have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And redemption and forgiveness is by that blood. That's how valuable you are to God. In Matthew 26 and 28, Jesus said, For this is my blood of the New Testament, which was shed for many for the remission of sin. When Jesus shed that blood, Jesus died and shed His blood to appease God's wrath. Folks, God is angry with sin. He loves sinners, but He's angry with sin. And the only thing that could appease God's wrath was a perfect sacrifice, and that was Jesus. That's why Isaiah said, yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. It did not please God to, that his son was beaten and lacerated with a whip and nailed to a cross. But it pleased God because it was a sacrifice sufficient to appease the wrath of a holy God. In Romans 5 and 9, Paul said, much more than being justified by his blood, we are saved from wrath through him. Save from the wrath of God. How? By the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ was in God's plan from the very beginning to come into this world to die because souls matter to God. Another thing that underscores the value of your soul is the, the, the home God has prepared for it. Have you ever thought about where you're headed? Where will you be in another 10,000 years? Where will you be in 100,000 years? A million years from now, where will you be? Well, you see, God has prepared a home for all of those souls that are willing to believe on His Son and repent of their sins and then to, as a penitent-confessing believer, be baptized into Jesus Christ. God's prepared a home for you. And it has been prepared.
In Revelation chapter 21, John said, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And it was Jesus in John 14 who said, I go to prepare a place for you. Oh, my friend, I wish there was a way I could impress upon your heart how important you are to God. All souls matter. All souls matter to God. Listen to John chapter 3, beginning in verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. God sent his son into the world to save the world. Someone says, but wasn't that a select group of people? Absolutely not. Because Romans chapter 2 and verse 11 says, there is no respecter of persons with God. In 1 Timothy chapter 2 and 4, we told that God would have all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. Friends, all souls matter to God. They matter to God. And, and I, will, I, I want you to know that your soul matters to God. God loves you. All souls matter to Jesus, absolutely. In John 15 and 13, Jesus said, Greater love hath no man than this, that a, that a man lay down his life for his friends. And then Jesus said, You're my friends if you do whatsoever I have told you to do, I've commanded you to do. Jesus Christ is your friend. He wants to be your friend. You're, because your soul is so important to Jesus. Well, Isaiah, he said that he was wounded for our transgressions, that he was bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, with his stripes, we are healed. You see, there's spiritual healing, there's salvation, there's forgiveness, because Jesus loves us so much. He died the, upon the cross. Somebody says, but Brother Lambert, you just don't know how bad I've been. I've done some terrible, terrible, terrible things. In Luke chapter 5, Jesus said, They that are whole need not a physician. But, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You say you've done some bad things. I've had people tell me that said. I've had people to tell me, Brother Lambert, I'd like to become a Christian, but I just don't believe God could ever forgive me because I've done this and this and this and this. I said, you're the kind of a person Jesus came to save. Because you see, you matter to Jesus. All souls matter to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And in Luke 19 and 10, we're told the Son of Man came to seek and to save that which is lost because all souls mattered to the Lord Jesus Christ. But all souls matter to the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. They matter to the Holy Spirit. You know, Revelation 22 and verse 17 says that the Spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit wants you to come to Christ for salvation. And the Holy Spirit revealed truth so that you could know how to do that. That's what we learn in John the 16th chapter in verse 13. Howbeit when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he shall guide you into all truth. All truth has been revealed to the world. By the time the last inspired writer died, all religious truth had been revealed to the world, and we have it in the Bible today. The Holy Spirit is concerned about your soul. 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 20 and 21 tell us that holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has always been concerned about souls. All souls matter to the Holy Spirit. Now let's summarize. All souls matter to God. They matter to Jesus. And they matter to the Holy Spirit. So you see, the, even the, the whole Godhead, the entire Godhead is concerned about souls. But all souls matter to the devil. Absolutely, they matter to the devil. He, what he really wants is your soul. He knows his destiny. He does. Matthew 25, 41, Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. So Satan knows his destiny. He wants some company. So like a roaring lion, he walks about seeking whom he may devour. He wants you because your soul matters to the devil. Jesus came to Peter on one occasion and he said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat, but I prayed for you that your faith fail not. When you're converted, strengthen the brethren. See, Jesus knew that Peter's soul mattered to the devil, but it mattered to Jesus more. And he prayed for Peter's soul. You see, all souls matter, and it, all souls matter to the church. The only organization on the face of this earth that's trying to keep souls out of an eternal hell is the church of the Lord. Absolutely. It is our responsibility to go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Why, the liquor industry is not doing that. The movie industry is not doing that. The cigarette industry is not doing that. And of course, those who peddle dope are not doing that. The only people that are trying to save your soul are those who compose the blood-bought body of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is called the church. All souls matter to God's people. But let me ask you a question. What about you? Does your soul really matter to you? Does it really matter to you? And have you ever really thought about where you're headed?
Does your soul matter enough that you believe in God? Does your soul matter enough that you believe in Jesus? It said, Brother Lambert, I believe. What, what must I do to be saved? Well, you're going to be saved by the grace of God, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. And we are taught in the New Testament in order to appropriate that saving grace that we must believe on Jesus with all of our hearts. That we must be willing to repent of our every sin. That we must confess our faith in Jesus Christ. And then we must be baptized into Christ for the remission of our sins. Jesus summarized that in Mark 16 and 16 by saying, He that believeth, number one, and is baptized, number two, shall be saved, number three. So it's just as simple as one, two, three. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Have you ever done that? You say, I've been thinking about it, Brother Lambert. I've been listening to you now for a number of years, and I've been thinking about being baptized into Christ. We have reports of those all the time of people who will call the office of a church of Christ somewhere and say, I've been watching, getting to know your Bible. I've studied their Bible course. I wonder if you'll baptize me into Christ. That can happen for you today. And I want to urge you to think about your soul because your soul matters. All souls matter. It'd be a terrible, terrible thing for a person to lose their soul. Any loss is, is a tragedy. But you see, if you were to lose your soul, that'd be a personal loss, wouldn't it? You're talking about your soul. It'd be a personal loss. If you were to lose your soul, it'd be a foolish loss. Wouldn't that be a foolish thing to lose your soul? When you can make the preparation for eternity by believing on Christ and being baptized to Christ, it would be a foolish, foolish loss. It'd be a fatal loss. It would be for eternity. It'd be, it would be a terrible loss if you were to lose your soul. It'd be an eternal loss. Please, please, think about your soul today. What is a man profited if he should gain the whole world, lose his own soul? In the closing moments, I want to urge you to visit the Church of Christ in your community where all souls matter. I want to also urge you right now to pick up the phone, call for the free Bible Correspondence Course. Please do that right now. And if you prefer, you can take it online. We have the information for that as well. I want to thank you for watching Getting to Know Your Bible today. And until we meet again, may the Lord bless you and keep you is my prayer. We want to help you as much as possible in your search for a personal relationship with God. You can now easily access our free Bible correspondence course online at gettingtoknowyourbible.org. If there's any way we can help you grow closer to God, please email us at knowyourbible at golftel.com or call us anytime at 1-877-711-5214.
Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580, or call 1-877-711-5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.